More Than Meets the Eye. I'm Emma. I'm Antonella, and we're here to help you see the world through a more aesthetically pleasing lens. And here comes Tub Tub the Cat. Also, including Tub Tub the Cat, we also have um, Antonella's dear sister, Livia, joining hey. us today. Hi, guys. I'm Livia, Antonella's dear sister. <laughs> I don't know why I said dear. So. <laughs> no, I, I like that. Um, I'm also her big sister. That's true. That's so, important. Um, older, not younger. Older, wiser. So, Olivia, yeah, right. why don't you tell us? Olivia, <laughs> why don't you tell us what the what we're talking about this week? Okay, so this week we're talking about *Parasite*, the uh, Academy Award-winning film, um, and we're talking about it aesthetic, it, how how it is aesthetically. Yeah. So we do these things called PCAs which if you've been with us a few times, you know what they are. If this is your first time, you're going to have no idea what that means. But it's pop culture aesthetic. Okay, so we usually we talk about either a movie, uh, an album that we really like, and just like break down the aesthetics that kind of go into it and the overall look and sound of it all. We try to make sure that it's framed from an aesthetic t- standpoint so yeah. that it's like capturing the goal of our podcast. Exactly. Which is... Exploring the world through an aesthetically pleasing lens. Exactly. Um, so why don't you guys tell me how you kind of like found out about Parasite, maybe what your first experience was with it. I know Antonella and I. We have a shared experience. <laughs> we we, we like, have a shared experience yeah. as well. Yeah. But I guess I'll start if that's okay. Yeah, it's your podcast. Do your thing. <laughs> You guys um, might sound similar too, so make sure you like make clear right. who's talking. No, I was just gonna say a lot of people think we sound like really similar on the phone, so I feel oh, like no. there's gonna be a... okay. Okay, I'll be like honestly, I'm sure people get us confused though because like we do have similar sounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, you have similar sounds too. Okay, okay. I but think anyways. it's just when you listen to a podcast, you don't know who's talking until you listen right. to like ten episodes. Right, so. that's true. Yeah, even yeah. Okay, anyways, so this is Antonella speaking right now. <laughs> so I actually had no idea what the movie was about i just heard that this korean movie was really popular and any non-english movie getting that much press in america has to be pretty good like if americans are paying attention to something with subtitles it has to be like incredible so i was like okay like which is the sad fact it's a sad fact but i was like okay like i i'm gonna see this i don't even know what it's about but i'm going i need to see this so i remember i brought it up with emma and i was like we need to go see this movie oh. that, like, and I think you had talked about it too. I was like, okay, we need to go see this. And I remember we went to the Coolidge Corner yeah, Theater. And, Which is an amazing movie theater. Shout out to Coolidge. Yeah, no, it's like an historical theater. In, in Boston. In Boston. Boston. Yeah, okay. it's, it's so beautiful. And I, I went in blind seeing this movie, and I was totally blown away. And afterwards, we also had the pleasure of getting a interview session with Bong Joon-ho himself, the director. Yeah. So you met so, him in person? No, well, it, was it was a Skype. Yeah, he uh, was phoning him before, from Korea. Before but, Zoom was a thing, it was a Skype right. like, call. But it was live? Yeah. It was live. No, it was incredible. Amazing. I knew nothing about the movie beforehand, so I think, like, if I recommend anything, is like, you haven't seen this movie yet, stop listening to this and go watch it now yeah seriously and just like yeah before you finish this podcast don't listen to this and then see the movie yeah. like just watch the also movie. yeah we're gonna be spoiling so much so just like yeah. spoiler alert yeah <laughs> anyway so that's that's my experience <laughs> just like okay, so i'll talk about my experience with parasite i remember 
Antonella, my little sister, was pandering our family um, of four to go watch this movie. She's like, you have to see Parasite, you have to see Parasite. And we all took her word for it, but not seriously until we actually were sitting down in the theater. And after we all watched it, we all agreed with her. Like, it was, it's just an incredible film. Nothing we had seen recently. And I remember Antonella, so Antonella, like, really encouraged us to all go see it. And we drove out to a theater in the Hamptons because not many commercial theaters were showing it at this point. So we had to drive kind of far to go see it. And it was just, I, I was engaged the entire time. And I was of, upset. I even doubted you for a moment. It's kind of the, the kind of, like, film experience where like you can't go in expecting much because nobody will tell you anything mm. and like you also like can't expect what you're about to watch that's exactly. so true I think there's a huge part uh, a huge part of the reason why we didn't go watch this movie immediately was because you'd be like it's not but like what is it about and she'd be like you just have to see it you just have to yeah. see it it's like undescribable no I'm so happy I had no knowledge of the like movie whatsoever and even when like I like after I knew what it was about like I still can't explain like what it is like no. how to encapsulate it in a single sentence it just all. can't be and I think what's so beautiful about that is that like that's the goal of a film and like it achieve that goal which is insane like yeah. there are so few films like it and it just like it is like no film can be for perfection but this film comes like pretty damn close mm -hmm. exactly um before i share my experience i want to make a quick announcement that Antonella's neighbors are playing apparently the entire moana soundtrack so that will be <laughs> in the background sorry if you have to hear that during the podcast yeah. but hey you know what moana right yeah whatever <laughs> not the worst thing not um, the film we're talking about but you know Another notable. <laughs> I actually haven't seen Moana, like beginning to end. So. Oh, yeah, next know. next episode. Yeah, Moana. <laughs> the aesthetic. So my experience was, um, I had like heard of the film before, like seeing it, but I hadn't heard much. Like you can't really hear much until you see it, because if you mm -hmm. hear anything, you won't know what it's talking yeah. about. Um, it might be like social classes. Like, okay, what does that mean? Like, there's so many films that cover that subject in different ways, so it's, like, hard to, like, to understand what that means. Anyways, so, also, like, vaguely knew Choi Ushik, who's, like, the lead actor, and this is going to be an episode where we kind of just fangirl over Choi Ushik the whole time, but it's fine. Wait, um, wait sorry, who does he play again? He's the, the main character. Okay, okay. Yeah. Or, like, the son. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he's the main character. But, um, anyways, I would, like, I can argue him being the main character okay. i can give I all was, my evidence i was gonna say i was like i feel like that's uh, debatable mm -hmm. it's not all right but anyways i definitely think like the father is like maybe the most important character but he was definitely like the one that we follow mm -hmm. anyways my mom saw it before me which is like how did my mom see like this korean block not blockbuster but like indie film before I did and it was because of something related to me but it's fine I'm not gonna get into those details those are boring anyway so she saw the movie because she won free tickets to see it and she was like oh my god Emma you have to see this movie and I was wow. like I know I'm gonna see it I'm gonna see it but like her telling me to go see it made it like a little more urgent for me to like actually go and see it so then yes Antonella brought it up I think we were like getting dinner one time and Antonella brought it up and I was like yeah yeah we have to see this movie and then Coolidge was like hey we're showing it, and then 
We had already chosen the day to go see it. I think we'd even bought the tickets, and I looked on Coolidge's Instagram story, and they were like, so Bong Joon-ho's gonna Skype in afterwards, and I was like, what? <laughs> so, like, I think we knew, like, when we were walking to the theater, I was like, oh, yeah, we're yeah, I was like, Skype oh. afterwards. Kind of incredible to have that experience, too, though, because he, like, actually talked about things, and, like, a lot of people there had seen the movie, like, two or three times yeah. already, so, like, this is our first time, and we had this guy talking about, like, a lot of, like, the symbolism and, like, themes yeah. in the movie, and it was, like, totally surreal. Like, that greatest... must have been amazing to watch the full film and then have the guy who made it talk to you immediately afterwards. Yeah. That's, like, it's a unique experience. Yeah. It's, like, you can't, you can't even, like, imagine it. Like, it's insane. So, we definitely had, like, the perfect first time viewing. Oh, yeah. I, of an can, almost yeah. perfect movie. Like, you can't recreate wow. that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we talked about our experiences, and now I guess we can go a little bit into the plot of the movie. Yep. So there will be spoilers. Yes, so um, please, if you have not stopped and have not seen the movie yet, please stop here and go watch the now movie. Now is your time. We'll give you a whole 20 seconds to, like, hit the pause button. Did you hit it yet? Really hit it, like, now, if you haven't seen it. Please But if go. you have, we're going to keep talking, so let's go plot yeah. summary. And onward! <laughs> Here we go. Okay. So it first begins showing the Kim family in their semi-basement apartment Which in Seoul, Korea. has a lot more significance in yeah. Seoul than in Korea than it does here. Yeah, I mean... That's like a social class thing in Korea, whereas here, like, could be. But, like, in Boston, like, it's also, like, college kids have, like, semi-basement apartments just right. because, like... All the brownstones have a semi-basement, Yeah, you know? No, semi-basement um, apartments are, like, very commonly associated with, like, lower-class <laughs> living in Korea. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're presented with the struggling family. And the, the first problem that they face is the Wi-Fi thing. So, they're using someone else's Wi-Fi. That person gets a password for their Wi-Fi, and they're like, oh, my God, what do we do now? We need Wi-Fi. And also, like, an element of hustle. Sorry to interrupt. Element no, of, like... Inter- Hustle. We interrupt each other. Go ahead. Okay, element of like hustle. Yeah. Like they're like, it's like yes, there's a problem, but like no one like they're not definitely victims. not being melodramatic yeah. about it. They don't it. sit around and cry about it. They no. like find the next. Solution. And that's set from the beginning, and that like speaks to each of those characters. Yes. Yeah. Then uh, our presents, main character, Kiwu, yeah. his oldest best who knows friend who is comfortable, lives a comfortable life, definitely comes from maybe some kind of wealth as well comes to them and is shown as like this kind of like almost like I don't know he seems like a prince charming type deal and he shows up with I'm just gonna say go straight to the rock Mm -hmm. which is like this he brings them this stone and is presents it to them as like this sign of like wealth what is it it's like forget what exactly what he says but also it's Park So Joon who's another really big Korean actor so huge hard eyes um um, he he's, only shows up for, like, yeah. five minutes, but he's pretty much, like, a catalyst for the rest of the movie. Yeah. He comes in with the stone, and then the next scene is shown with the son, Kim... Kiwu. Yeah, Kiwu. And they're drinking soju together, and Min presents him with Min the... Min is op- Park Sojun. Park Sojun presents him with the opportunity to take on his job as a tutor for this really wealthy family. And then also he tells, um, he was like, I'm not even in college, like, how would I get this job? And Min's basically like, why? Which is funny because like, this family's been doing that this whole time and then the yeah. first wealthy person like, in the film yeah. walks up and is like, why? He's like, oh, um, perfect. That's what I always do. Yeah. Like, great. Um, and he also comments that the mother of the rich family is 
simple. Yeah. Which is like, they use that word a lot throughout the film, so it's important to note that. Yeah, she's easily manipulated. So, perfect opportunity for him to make some cash. Doesn't really think much of it, just a good way to, you know. Yeah, right, and that's his ticket in, and that, like, it that begins the plot and like the premise of the film yeah. exactly and so that so he meets with the rich family um he's hired on the spot mm-hmm. with his forged paperwork oh yeah and his sister's documents. really good at like graphic design so she like forges these college documents important part about this his character and this family they're always thinking like on the go so he mm-hmm. immediately gets the idea when the mom mentions that the son is interested in art Mm -hmm. he immediately thinks of getting his sister to be the art tutor for that family without knowing that that's his sister so he so he lies that he doesn't his sister ki jung he lies and says that she's not his sister but instead he's she's she's jessica Jessica. yeah who's this um this in demand yeah art tutor tutor who studied in chicago and came back yeah. yeah illinois and I think what's a really important point is that she's even better at conning than her oh, brother is. she's, like, wicked smart. So she makes up this thing about the son of the rich family, Dasong, right? Um, he, like, has these scribbles, which all kids, like, literally, like, scribble in their drawings. And she's like, if he scribbles in this corner of his drawing, it's, um, like... Schizophrenia. Schizophrenia, yeah. She's yeah. convinced she the goes, mom that her yeah. son has, like, a mental issue that can be solved with art therapy. Okay, so the sister gets hired um, and basically immediately plots this plan to take the driver that the family already has, which family already has, out of the picture and make their dad the new driver, but without letting the family know that all three of them are related. Right. It's a slow infiltration into this yeah. one Park family who has no idea that these, that the the art tutor, the English tutor, and now their driver are all related. Not related, yeah. Also, like, they don't even question, like, they really do just hire them. Like, there's a lack of background checks. Like, yep. And that, I think, goes into, like, their when they talked about how they're simple like they're kind of like simple as in like they don't have enough street smarts to be like skeptical who they're letting into their house so they are trying to replace a real housekeeper with the mother but Mm -hmm. it's important to note that the housekeeper also has a peach allergy and basically um their family makes it look like she has tb tuberculosis when really it's just like her peach allergy which of course makes the mother flip out like, they really just, like, play into her fears because she's yeah. a very, like, fearful and, like, manipulative, un- yeah, yeah. Man- manipulated. Manipulatable. Um, ma- yeah, easily manipulated yeah. <laughs> person. Um, and the fact that, like, she doesn't really, the communication between the husband, the rich husband, and the rich wife is weird. Yeah. So it's like they're not, if they work together more, I'm sure they, like, would see through this stuff, but they don't. Yeah, so, like, unless that's, like, right, a big problem. Because she, just, like... I, I feel like almost there's this, this like, a recurrence in the movie where she's so emotional, yeah. the, the rich wife, and the husband, like, has no time to deal with it. So when she's upset and emotional, she, when, like, she needs to fire the housekeeper, like, he does not look into it. Yeah. Because, like, she has, he he has, like, no time or he, he doesn't want to deal he's, like, with a businessman. Yeah. He's, okay, like, get a, get a new housekeeper. And I remember there's a scene where he's in the car with, 
um, the new driver who is also their their dad, the, the Kim family dad. Um, and he talks about how, like, yo, yeah, it's, it's a shame we had to let the housekeeper go, but my wife is really upset. And it's, like, you could tell it's just kind of, like, he's not that invested. And there's yeah. a weird communica- level of communication yeah. with the husband and wife. I think it also makes an interesting comment on, like, kind of, like, marriage among people of different classes. Like, they definitely, like, these people didn't marry each other because they, like, were in love with, they, like, fell in love with mm-hmm. each other, you know? Like, they, even the, the husband, Nathan Park is, like, the name of the dad, but I don't know his Korean name. Um, he even, like, says, like, you know, he, he loves her, but doesn't really love her. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, this weird, like, thing where they're still able to be happy because they're wealthy enough and they have all this stuff, right. but they don't need to be married to, like, the person that they love. Right. And then you see it juxtaposed with the mom and dad of the poor family who you can tell really do love each other and are there for each other and support each other yeah everyone in the in the, in the poor family like loves each other and supports each other because of how like you can tell through the movie they're just taking every opportunity that they can to get another one of the poor family members into this rich yeah. person's house they have each other's backs yeah and then yeah they need to help each other in order to succeed and they yeah. know that so they yeah uh, so then it comes to the midpoint of the movie, which is, like, very crucial. And I distinctly remember this part in, in the movie theater. because This is in, when the spoilers really start, so, like, yeah. just be aware. So, <laughs> and I think, like, because up until this point, it's, it's like, okay, like, this is, like, a, kind of a funny movie. Like, this yeah. family's, like, infiltrating. Like, okay, so, like, what's going to happen? Like, they kind of, they achieved their goal, first of all. All four of them are now employed by the Park family. They're just, they're, right now they're alone in the house, because the Park family is away for Da Song's birthday. Mm-hmm. They go... Sorry. <laughs> they go on, like, a camping trip. So they're all... Four of them are alone in the house, reaping the, the yeah, rewards they, they kinda of like their... They kind of, like, throw this party in this rich house, being like, hey, we did it. We infiltrated this family. Yeah. And so... And this point in the movie is where things start to get a little freaky and take a turn. They just kind of go in the exact, like, in a direction that you did not see coming whatsoever, mm-hmm. which is so brilliant. Like, can I say what happened? Yes. So they, there's, the doorbell rings. They all hide, and the mom goes up to the doorbell, and yeah. is like, who is it? And it's the old housekeeper. The one, um, yeah, the one right before, the one they kicked out to replace with the Kim family mom. Yeah. She's also like let me in please let me in please 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 let me in but she's not saying why she needs to be let in she's just saying like i need to grab a few things but it doesn't seem like she just needs to grab a few things very urgent energy about her i'm trying to think about back to the first time i saw and how i was like oh my god i think my mind was going in like a million different places like what could she like she's gonna come and kill them like i think i had like every sort of possible like idea of like what could happen i was like oh my god oh no yeah but it turns Whoa. So they let, so the Kim family mom is finally like, lets her, like, yeah. just let her in, like, let her get her stuff that she supposedly left in the house, and in then the she basement. can leave. So she goes, but then she's down there for a while, and, like, the rest of the Kim family is like, mom, go to the basement, like, go see what's going on. So she finally is like, okay, I'll just go down, I'll see what's happening. She seemed kind of freaked out, which, like, I don't blame her. And something that, like, you know when you're watching the film, but I feel like I'm forgetting about when explaining it, is that, like, they're all carrying the secret of none of them are supposed to be there except for the poor mom. Um, and so they all go down the stairs hiding themselves except for the poor mom who goes down to look for her. They get downstairs and what do we see? 
we see the old housekeeper using all her strength to push over the shelving in their basement to reveal a hidden door. And so immediately you're like, what the hell is going yeah. on? So there's a hidden door in the basement. And then... Um, what I love about that one scene, though, is that the camera... So you, they reveal the door and they open it up to show, like, stairs descending even mm, below yeah. the, the original basement. And the camera follows um, the old housekeeper down, like... And the and Mrs. Kim is like just trailing behind the old housekeeper, and it's like this really like intense scene. Where you just keep this going down, down the stairs. Like, where could this possibly be leading to? Like, what is down there? And the, this is also the first, maybe not the first time, but um, there is a motif of like direction in this film of going down or going up, but mostly going down. Um, and this is like one of the first times that's used. Mm-hmm. Um, so I go down. They go all the way down. Everybody goes all the way down. The rest of the family hiding themselves. And she goes down and her husband is hiding in the basement. Her literal husband. Her literal husband is, is hiding in the basement. And you're kind of like, what's and then you oh. And then you could make the connection that he's probably been down there for quite some time. She explains it pretty much right off the bat. He also looks like a someone who's been hiding in a basement for years. So. Yeah, so just, just picture that. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty... Like, the dress him up, this character design is, like, great. Because this guy, like, <laughs> in real life does not look anything like this. And in Really? This, I haven't seen him in real life. I've seen him in another thing, and it's, like, really funny because he looks like a normal person. So the housekeeper, the old housekeeper, reveals that she's been keeping her husband down here. That- it was in between the part, the time when Namgung had lived there and when the new family had moved okay. in. She moved him in there. So he'd been there for, like, four years already. <laughs> but basically, like, people are have a bounty on his head. Um, and, like, want to kill him for not paying them back. And I think this scene down there, like, below the basement where he lives, is so interesting because it's, it's, like, obviously he's, like, made his little home. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, no windows. But there's, like, I remember there's all these little things on the wall. Mm-hmm. Which he, like, made it, like, personal. Yeah. It's, like, so freaky. And, like, it's you like could, a bunker. Yeah, a literal bunker. And you could tell someone could go crazy if they're just living yeah. there. And he never mentioned, the architect never mentioned this. Um, space to the Park family when they first moved in. So mm-hmm. they have no knowledge of this basement existing. So she has been able to keep her husband there, like, under under the radar, um, literally under the Park family for all these years. Without literally them ever, under, yeah, under the radar and under the Park family. Without them ever knowing. The housekeeper begs the mom not to reveal her because that was really important. I told you yeah. that. Sorry. Um, but she begs the mom not to reveal her to the rich people, reveal her husband hiding there. Yeah. And the mom's like, no, 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 there's no way I'm going to, like, let this slide, like, yeah. not happening. Um, and then the poor family falls down the stairs, and then she's like, oh, you're all related? And, like, gets it on video, and is like, you're all here, and you're all related. And then, like, immediately, like, the tension just rises, like, yeah. tenfold. And, like, they're literally, like, fighting each other to, like, get this video so that she won't send it to the Park family, mm-hmm. which is the rich family. So now she has, like, dirt on the Kim family that yeah. the, that mm-hmm. she can use against them. And she has an advantage over them for, like, a bit, but they're able to steal back the phone from her. There's, like, a whole fighting that ensues. And so in this fight... It's, like, a pretty action-packed scene. Yeah. In this fight amidst all this violence of them like trying to get back the phone we're yeah uh the park family calls in says that they're coming home in like 10 minutes 
and they obviously all freak out. So they try to clean everything up. They don't have to worry about the video getting sent. Um, they shove them down in the basement, well, lock it up. Then they get the phone call, and then they shove them down in the basement. But they also have to like clean up the house. Yeah. And I feel like this, like this trend in the in the movie has like a lot of like it's so much more violent. I know. It's so it's like nothing. Like you did not see this. It's violent so in jarring. Because yeah. in the beginning, yeah. it's like almost comical a little bit. Like in the beginning, where they're folding pizza boxes to when like the the rich mom is so naive. Like, there's like comical themes, and then that like turning point where it's just like everything becomes very intense Dark. and literally graphic. Yeah. yeah. Graphic. So then after the Park family comes home, it's like pouring, and the other the rest of the Kim family needs to the Park family needs to escape with without being seen and get home finally the park family not the park family the camp family gets out of yeah. the house and it's um, absolutely pouring it's outside. like downpouring like torrential so basically they get back to their neighborhood to where their semi-basement apartment is and it's flooded like it's already flooded above not above but like almost above their semi-basement apartment mm-hmm. so they're like running in trying to get all like the stuff that's important to them but you see that there's like not a lot that's yeah. like really actually important to them except for they grab Kiwu grabs the stone um, and yeah. rescues it. Well, there's this really important scene between right. Kiwu and his dad. Right, right. They have this like really important conversation about like having a plan. And uh, Kiwu's dad, Kim Kitae, right? That's his name. He's like, he basically says like, I've never had a plan. You know, like the downfall of a plan is having a plan. So like, don't have a plan. And then you kind of realize like the, this whole like, the way. Kim Kitae raised his son Kiwu is like different from the way that he actually lives his life, and it's like an interesting thing, mm-hmm. um, and pretty much different from the way this movie has gone so far. Like he, mm-hmm. they've all planned everything, mm-hmm. but he like says he doesn't go as a plan. It's interesting. So the next day, because the rich family was completely unbothered by this torrential yeah. downpour, it was a, a nice light, uh, you know, yeah. drizzle in their backyard. They got their plants watered. You yeah. Know? Um, their grass a little greener. They're like, we have to do something for Dasong, so let's throw a party for him. An impromptu. I feel like the, a really key part is it's an impromptu party. They didn't have to plan. Like, Except they could... for it's literally more beautiful than any birthday party I've ever had, mm-hmm. but whatever. So, so they, they end up inviting the the, tu- the English tutor and their art their art tutor and they need therapist. the dad for like grocery shopping. Yeah. And the mom actually stayed at the house because she's the housekeeper, so she stayed there overnight. So they're planning this, like, So the whole family's gonna be there, yeah. Before, right before, like, their big, like, cake ceremony happens, um, you see upstairs with Dahe, the daughter, Akiwu, who's her tutor, he's, like, he has, he's holding the stone, he's being really weird, he's staring out the window at all the people in the backyard, <laughs> and he's like, I need to do something, I need to go down, and she's like, where, what? <laughs> you, you don't have to go down there, and he's like, no, I need to go further down. I don't remember what he says, but he just, like... It's like, like very ominous yeah. and like big of like him like going downstairs. Like, okay, yeah. what does that mean? So in a sequence of about like five minutes, he goes down to the very bottom of the basement to speak to this, you know, insane. He man. doesn't even make it down the stairs. He doesn't even make it down the stairs and like the housekeeper housekeeper's husband <gasps> runs out and like tries to attack him. And strangles him. Yeah. With, like, an electric cord or something. So. Tries to, but then Kibu kind of gets away and, like, starts running up the stairs. He, this like, moment, I was like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? I was like, no, don't die. Don't die. He just, like, grabs his leg and brings him down. And then they finally get up to the cellar. So, like, the basement of the Rich family's house. But yeah. Now, like, the, the real... They're chasing each other yeah. up the stairs at the very bottom of the basement. And so uh, Kibu gets pulled back by the electrical cord, like, around his neck. And he falls back. And that's when 
the old housekeeper's husband comes in with the stone that he had grabbed from yeah. that had fallen down the stairs and he he just <laughs> just throws it on just his like, head literally like attempts to murder yeah. that was the most like, i was like <gasps> it's a shocking like, oh my god yeah. no because it's like because your first thought was like he he's dead he died he's like, also like the main character yeah. so you're like oh my god he's dead yeah no. like, and, like it happened like, so quickly and then it's like it move it keeps moving so then the housekeeper's hub- husband keeps going he walks up the cellar stairs and he grabs the knife out of the kitchen he starts walking outside to the ce- like where the celebration is happening and it's in the really backyard funny because like when he starts to get to where like the rest of the people are despite being like this kind of like really disheveled horrifying person he kind of blends in because nobody like sees him nobody like would notice him and Ki Ki Jung is walking out with the cake like to bring the cake to Dasong yeah and like the housekeeper's husband walking out into this party with his knife and then he just stabs her he stabs Jessica who's like carrying the cake and it's like I know that, like, the same thing was when he hit Kiwoo with the stone. You're just like, whoa, yeah. what? Like, you know, it's so it's so her? jarring where yeah. it's like you don't even get a moment to, like, like take it in. or like in real time. Yeah. Incredible because it contrasts the rich party so much. Oh, that's like, the this, best Like, this, like, pleasant part. party. Yeah. But at the same time, Da Song faints again. So then yeah. he's having another seizure. Mm-hmm. Which, and whatever. the mom's like, we need to take him to the hospital. Yeah. Like, go, go. Like, get but, the get the keys. So they're asking, like, the driver, the yeah. dad, to get the keys. But he's too busy, like, trying to stop the blood from, like, pouring out of his daughter's yeah. like, chest. That they don't know that that's his daughter. So they're right, like, so they're like why, are why are you so preoccupied with this art therapist that yeah. we have for our son? But they don't realize that that's actually his daughter. But they also just don't like see past their own son but then mm-hmm. mr park's like okay just give me the keys like whatever so um Toss so the, the dad key. the dad kim dad tries to like <laughs> throw the keys to him but it doesn't really work um doesn't make it to him yeah um the chung Sook is now like on like brawling with this man and the yeah. knife she ends up stabbing him with like a skewer yeah that she's has, like, pretty intense she no, she's like, just, like the strongest mode, yeah. character yeah strongest yeah. physical character so the housekeeper's husband the, the insane one is is down he's been stabbed with the skewer and so the so mr park is able to go <gasps> under yeah, him grab the keys he's like okay keys. like i have the keys like let's go and so um mr kim is like oh i remember what happens mm-hmm. um so he basically he the housekeeper's husband is like, Mr. Park, Mr. Park, because he, like, fangirls over Mr. Park for some strange reason. Um, then Mr. Park, I think he sniffs, right? Oh, he-, he sniffs, and then he makes a face. And that immediately triggers um, the Kim Ki-take, the, the poor dad, um, who has had this problem with Mr. Park where Mr. Park says he smells bad, but he doesn't understand why he smells bad. And it's, like, this, like, metaphor for, like, class problems. Um, just, like, classism. And just, like, yeah, that, like, when you smell, like, that... I, I don't know, when, when he, like, sniffs like that, like, I, like... It's kind of nasty. I was, like, angry, too, at him. Yeah, I was, from like, the moment where up. he's, like, your son is fainted, this woman is bleeding out, like, and you're gonna, like, sniff someone and make a face? Yeah. Ew. So then the poor dad basically grabs the knife that the, the housekeeper's husband was holding in his hand and stabs Mr. Park, and it's, like... Why, Mr. Park? Why did you just stab him? Like, yeah. it's honestly, like... I really like. I think I was like, yes, like do it. Like I think I was yeah. excited when it happened. It was like, yeah, I was, yeah. I was like, you know, this makes your life so much worse. I know. Like, I was like, why didn't you? But also like, tea, good, like good. good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also, side note, Daye, the the rich daughter, was seen carrying Kiwoo out on her back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then after, uh, he takes stabs Mr. Park. He like runs. And also at that time, the the simple rich wife. I I remember her faint. She was just like. 
Yeah, I remember. Oh, she also faints, yeah. Yeah, but I, I remember specifically because she just literally watched her husband, like, get, get stabbed, stabbed by their driver. And then, like, all the, her little rich friends are around her. Obviously, like, just a horrific, nightmarish event. Like you For could, a rich woman. Yeah, <laughs> no, for, for a rich woman who, like, is living. And it's so interesting because we just saw, like, throughout the movie, like, all these instances where she would gasp so hysterically. So I can only imagine, like, her bodily reaction to what's happening her in front of her. Her gasp was so big that she fainted. Um, yeah. She just forgot to breathe. <laughs> yes, so the, the party disperses. Um, Mr. Kim, the driver, the poor family's dad runs okay and that's it right and that's where it ends but no you think that's where it ends (laughs) but it's not where it ends which i kind of like i've heard people say they don't like it but honestly i love that about this movie that that's not where it leaves off yeah you know yeah so (laughs) we wake up to kiwu laughing in a hospital and he's like the doctor didn't look like a doctor the police officer didn't look like a police officer immediately back to the funny immediately i'm like relieved like yes he made it like my boy like Chorusik is Where you really uh, thought for, like, a good, like, five minutes that he was dead. Basically, then, he goes on to explain, um... He narrates the rest of this. Yeah, like, the rest of the movie. Like, what happened... In kind of, like, a funny way, which is interesting, because you just had, like, this really dark tone. Graph, yeah. When you go back to, like, the lightness of the first half of the movie. Um, Yeah, it's a return, but also, like, a twisted return Yeah, kind of like a messed up return. Um, So he explains that he had like needed to have brain surgery um his mom obviously got fired they both got put on probation yeah so they didn't go to jail but they got put on probation they got away with probation their dad is missing so yeah still unknown they don't know his whereabouts they don't know his whereabouts the government doesn't know his whereabouts and unfortunately kijan did not make it so yeah so they, she's dead they visit her like memorial her spot. ashes yeah. so sad because she yeah. was the smartest one i know she, really she was the smartest one so then they go back to, like, living their normal life, still in their semi-basement apartment, but trying to, like... Now just a family of two. Yeah. And then Kiwoo says he starts to visit the rich family's house, the Namgoon house. Um, he and... goes up to, like, on a hill and, like, kind of looks down on and just, yeah. like, observes it. It's kind of, like, This new weird... white German family has moved in <laughs> and, like, lives there. Yeah, um, it just shows that, like, things just keep moving on. Yeah, that, like, the structure is just there, but, yeah. like... But then one day when it's snowing, Hugh notices that the light is flashing. But basically the lights to the stairs that lead into the house um, are controlled by a panel that's in the the basement basement of this house. The um, bunker. And he realizes that the lights are flickering and that it's Morse code. Yeah, he immediately connects to it. He eventually figures out that there's a someone's communicating through that light. And he, in this realization, he quickly like records what the morse code is and like discovers that it's a message written to him yeah. and the first word he gets out is son yeah so we know that it's a note from his dad so his dad's basically like hey i'm living here it's cool um <laughs> it's not cool but he's like struggling but he's like getting by um he really wants to see his mom and his and kiwu again um he's absolutely heartbroken about kijung and then um, and he's just been living down there and he's like and he'll wait for them yeah. so yeah after he killed mr the the mr rich dad he <laughs> ran down to the basement yeah goes but there because the old housekeeper had cut the wires to the video camera outside the house nobody saw him go into the basement so basically then uh kiwu has this little dream sequence where he pictures like the next i want to say like 10 years into the future or something he imagines 
getting finding a way to get a lot of money. That's his first goal, just getting money. And then enough money to buy that house. Mm-hmm. Then buying that house, and then like the last scene is this shot from inside the house looking to the door to the back uh towards the back door and Kiwu and his mom are in the backyard and the dad walks out from the basement and like reunites with them at the door and it's just like this really like just subtle kind of like really like beautiful moment but it's kind of like like the perfect yeah ending to like yeah the most idealistic ending that there could be to this movie it's actually not the last shot yeah it's not the last shot because it's just his imagination and the last shot is this a mirror of the opening shot back in the semi-basement apartment and he's writing this letter to his dad of like of this grand plan that he has to eventually move into the house and so we're left with him just kind of dreaming of this idealistic future that will never that could possibly come but also we all kind of know as an audience that it's a little bit i don't know i'm not gonna go there i'm gonna say it's completely up in the air okay me too because everything else that like they did was like pretty incredible super idealistic They're like, let's like infiltrate this rich family, and they like. So did. yeah, so that was our quote unquote brief summary. I think we want to talk about like, let's talk about colors. First. Yeah. So colors are really important in film, like cinematography. So obviously, um, the whole film kind of has this tint to it. I see it as like a green tint, but it's kind of like green, green like earth tony tint. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's interesting is that movie's called Parasite, right? So you think, like, bugs, but it's, like, not actually about bugs. Um, but bugs, like, in green are kind of, like, uh, I feel like a theme that overlaps. Okay. And having, I don't know, all these, like, earth tones, these, like, greens and, and browns and grays and black and, blacks and whites is kind of, like, brings in that, like, I don't know, like, this, like, kind of creepy sense. Yeah, you know, it's very, like, kind of, like, swampy, yeah. like, like, creepy crawly, um, idea mm-hmm. it definitely like has a very like muted color tone which i think yeah, is important. no no bright tone stands out in this film and they definitely like tried to give it like a a singular tone yeah. all the characters outfits are like duller colors yeah no i, I didn't notice like a significant color a burst of color yeah. from any of the characters mm-hmm. i think like color through lighting was also like a really important way i mean yeah just the lights were important like character in the film too yeah. just like being a catalyst Lights played a role but they yeah. also like were important to the cinematography yeah so like even a, beyond the cinematography like the the role of the lights but specifically like, the colors of the lights oh the color i was gonna say how like in the rich family's house everything was brighter like the sunlight hit mm-hmm. the characters better and as yeah. opposed to in the poor family's literal basement, it was dark. The first time we literally see sunlight is when, um, what's what's his face? His name is giving me is Min? first ascending into the rich family's house to be oh, the tutor. Q. Yeah, Q. that's the first time we even see sunlight in the film, like, like direct sunlight. Like yeah, in like the basement is all like it's all like the fluorescent lights and all that stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, but oh, this is like this is like fact. pure sunlight, which is like I feel like signifying that this family is wealthier. Definitely, and just, like, the, the quality of the lighting, like, the very, like, soft and warm yeah. lights that kind of fill up the, the rich family's home versus, like, the... It makes it feel like a home that you see on, like, House Hunters or something, whereas, like, the home mm-hmm. that they live in is, like, I don't know, it's, like, almost like a cartoon version, Yeah, but it's, like, it's so real at the same time, you know? Mm-hmm. And for the poor family, like, there's, like, a kind of a greenish fluorescent light. mm 
quality to their spaces and especially the bunker which is just this like cast in yeah. creepy gross colored green mm-hmm. that just like feels like it feels sure. like a direct contrast to the very warm and, and like homey uh park family mm-hmm. like living and, room space yeah and it's important to note that like natural lighting is really important in the in the park family's home in the in nam the namgung home because it's like it's a lot of windows and like a lot of the scenes take place in the rooms that are surrounded by windows so like the natural lighting also creates like that more warmer color and even like the characters allude to just like appreciating the sunlight yeah. of the home mm-hmm. like even the um the creepy man in the basement was like we used to you know like i miss the sunlight yeah. like all this like they allude to it like so how interesting nice how is. like he is like even he's like so below the yeah. guy who's in isolation, he's, like, so, so below. It's, like, even how we talk about the poor family, you have to go down to get to their household. It's, like, the deranged man who's been living in isolation is even lower than, like, or than, than what's them. visible. It's, like, he's below, like, a poverty line or something. Like, he's so, oh, for so sure. Well, he doesn't below. even exist. Like, yeah. in this world, there's a sense that, like, he doesn't exist on paper. He just is like a human being. You know, he's the only person the he's been alive is the housekeeper who knows of his existence. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> then it's just like important to note, like I could take hours to go through like this film shot by shot, but every shot is like so specific to what it's supposed to capture in that scene. Like every single shot, it's not a, a single like pixel of space is wasted. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all like specifically chosen to capture everything and he does like some close-ups and some like he really varies like the distance between like the camera and the subjects but it's all about like I didn't really think about like specifically the distance that much but like it's just important that like the information that's captured everything that's captured in the frame has information in it and is important in some way that's so true and I I, you speak you speak Uh, I speak I speak okay even the like in the I noticed throughout the whole film like there's lots of like I feel like when you're normally, you can obviously speak more to this through the film major, but I think in, like, most Hollywood films, like, when you have a scene between two characters, it's like, okay, shoot you when you're talking, shoot you when you're talking. It's like, like, back and forth. But, like, most of the film, like, there are not... I read that there was... Usually in Hollywood films, there's, like, 1,200 shots per film. This film had, like, 900, so he did, like, less shots. But these were long shots, so when it was, like, between characters, like, there wasn't a lot of, like, back and forth, back and forth, lots of long shots. And it's not till the very end, that fight, literally, like, bloodbath at the end, where they go handheld and, like, the camera is going with the characters. So I think that's also just, like, the way it was filmed is very important. How it also shows how intense that scene is at the end because it contrasts those long shots that that we saw throughout the film um, to the very end where it's, like, very quick cutaways during this fight scene. So... I want to comment on two things you said. One is the um, the idea of, like, having the shots following the characters is super important because we see – we always see it kind of from their eye level, so we always kind of – it makes it a lot – feel like it's a lot more from their perspective, which is super important. Um, and then the thing that you said about – oh, about having, like, Hollywood shots is, like, you have the, them talking back and forth to each other. So, like, one scene where we do see that happen is we see that happen in the opening – one of the opening scenes between Kiwu and Min, his friend who gives him the stone, they're talking when they're drinking soju. And it is a back and forth, but the way they set, like, 
they set up this information in the shot where like when the shot's on Kiwa at one point, they have the truck passing behind him at a very specific time. Like I saw Bong Joon-ho talk about this, that he literally timed perfectly when the truck goes behind Kiwu. I forget the reason, but there's like, it's has something has something to do with the line that he says. The truck like comes at the perfect time. And so it's like, detail-oriented. Yeah, it's like That's so incredible. detailed. Um, I remember what stuck with me after the movie and there was an interview. Um, he talked about with us about like like specifically like like how we filmed mm-hmm. and you were saying how there wasn't a lot of back and forth and there was a lot of long shots and that was to in order to like inform the audience of this of the space of the house very yes. clearly and specifically the and architecture this, is so important yeah no they really make a point because like they design we can get into the set more in just a bit but yeah. like they designed it specifically but an important part of that was making sure the audience knew exactly the architecture and the space of the house so that when they revealed that hidden door it felt like a total surprise because throughout the whole film it does do it's like so good it's so because you think you know every part of the house so you're like okay i know this house the upstairs and then when that like bunker is revealed you are just as shocked because you got so familiar with the house and they make sure to show every room, like the the upstairs to the parents' room. Like there's so many shots, just like following them, like through the like up and down the stairs. You don't, like, you don't even think about it when you're watching it. Like you don't even think about it until someone like you have to like listen to to the director like point it out. Yeah, and like, that's wow, how that's, so that's how smart. genius it is because you're just like enjoying the film. Yeah. You don't even notice, like, oh, wow, they're really taking through the house right now. Like, you know, that thought never occurred. <laughs> it doesn't occurred. feel like, oh, it's like a house tour. Like, they yeah. do it so, like, subtly and smoothly. It so- is house hunters. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But I also want to talk about uh, camera direction in one scene, too. Um, the scene where Jessica and the mom, the simple mom, um, simple, simple rich mom, Shimpura um, is how they say it. Um, but they have the conversation about Dasan and about how she's about to hire. Yeah. Um, and you do this really interesting thing where there's something in film called the 180 rule where you're when you have two people talking to each other, your camera doesn't cross a line so that it always looks like they're talking to each other. But what Bong Joon-ho does is he literally, in the middle of a shot, moves the camera and breaks the 180 rule. So you're still aware of like where they are in the space, but he's also breaking the 180 rule because it makes it a little unsettles. Like, unsettles you a little bit and makes it, like, reminds you that she's lying. You know, mm-hmm. she's, like, I'm flying up a storm right now. So it's, like, it's really interesting. Um, and it also sets it up so that you can turn and see the painting and be, like, oh, like, your the camera's just there to see it. But it's, like, it's a really interesting thing that he does. Because, um, I don't know, if you, like, understand film uh, terminology, that'll make sense to you. But basically, like, 180 is, like, you have... I'm just going to explain this. Do you guys know what that means? Do you too? Mm, kind okay. of. So let but... me explain it to you in the space now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you'll understand it through audio. But basically, like, if we're having a conversation, the camera is over my right shoulder looking at Antonella. Right. And the camera goes over Antonella's left shoulder to yeah. look at me. So yeah. there's a line between it our It can't go eyes. over your left shoulder because that'll break the Well, there's a line between our eyes and it can't cross that line. Mm-hmm. So what he does is he takes the camera and he literally goes... Like, you see the back of her head. It goes behind Mm. her head and around to the other side to, like, throw it off. Mm. Which is just really cool. Because it doesn't really throw it off as you're watching it because you're, like, so into it. Mm -hmm. But it's, like, if you pay attention to, like, the significance of it in the moment, it's, like, super significant. Yeah. 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 Okay. So we can talk about the setting. Let's talk about characters Characters? Okay. So we can talk about how the characters are, like, important thematically, but also, like, their looks you know yeah, is there anybody who has looks. important looks i think one important thing is like the difference between what 
the Kim family wears in their everyday life as opposed to what they wear when they go to get the jobs with the Park family and right. then what the Park family wears in their everyday life. Like, Miss Park's, like, everyday outfits are literally, like, straight out of, I don't know, like, um, what's, like, a rich mom store? In Korea. Um, Not, in, like, in the U.S. even. Like, Land's I don't know, End. like, Lord and Taylor. Lord like, and Taylor, hi- yeah. yeah. I feel like probably higher than that, too. Yeah. No, definitely, like, I think she had the most significant outfits throughout the whole yeah. film like the one that like stood out to me like oh like i like your outfit like okay yeah like, she had like the most like i think planned and like thoughtful looks out of all the characters and it, like that that stood out to me she wore like a lot of like matching sets and like yeah like flowy earth tones so she also, her colors weren't bright but like yeah. she's very put together the outfits are very minimalist too which i think is super important because um it plays into like the earth tones thing but it also like when Kim's make the transition from, like, their everyday clothes to, like, the clothes that fit in with them. They are able to go with, like, minimal colors and minimal cuts to make it seem like you could get these stores at, like, Mm -hmm. you could get these clothes at, like, a Goodwill and, like, not pay a lot for them, but still look, like, super professional when you go to these people. It's almost like how, like, rich people pay thousands of dollars for, like, super minimalist clothes that they could probably get at, like, Goodwill. Like, it's almost like that's the commentary that's being made, you know? And it's interesting how they need to change their style it's like style goes into classism because this family needs to change how they look in order to and like, fit. And like and i don't look like they can afford to look right that and you know we made a comment earlier about smell i don't know if smell is a part of aesthetic i think it is and no, like you sure. need to and that theme of like um how um he would always talk about how, like, the driver smelled. He had a certain mm-hmm. scent. And that winded up, like, being the reason why he died. Yeah. The dad. Because he, like, made that that's that so, nasty like, face. intense when you think about it like that. Like, that's, like, the reason, that's why, the reason why he died. That's the reason why he died. Because yeah. he was, because, yeah, like, he was so fed up with, with how he just didn't understand, like, the struggle that his family just went through. And that, like. That the smell is so important. But, like, it's really not. Yeah. Um, and, and, like, I think that. They needed that's like another theme. They talk about how they. I remember also early in the film, the the son of the rich family goes off to the driver, smells him, then goes to the housekeeper, smells her, and he's like, they're the same. They have the same smell. <laughs> and then yeah. they, they're like, oh, like that's so funny. Like no, they and realize then, that they all have the same smell, and yeah. it's like weird. Like Kevin and Jessica have the same smell too. You yeah, know? it's like uh oh. That basement smell. Yeah, I want to talk about the aesthetics of. The housekeeper and her husband too, because mm-hmm. I feel like they're super important. Because the housekeeper also has this, these, this duality of when she's dressed up as a housekeeper, she's she, a little bun. Yeah, she's even more particular than the rich family themselves. I feel like she's like Sometimes, very, yeah. and also very traditional too. I felt like she, she looks, looks very stuffy. Like yeah. I don't know, but then when she comes back to totally like help her husband, yeah, she's like her hair is down. It's like totally. There's definitely like there's got to be something to do with direction and like the fact that her hair is up and then her hair goes down. You know yeah. what I mean? Like there has to be some connection there. That's so important though. Like you yeah. can definitely tell she's like she, there's something wrong. Like she's almost unrecognizable. Like really, yeah. like it's crazy. Because you no, know, you're right. Because she does like is presented as very like traditional, like put together looking. And then when you see her not like that, you're like, oh. Yeah. Like something something's wrong, like she's not well. Do not let like, her in the home. Yeah. Please. I feel like you notice that like I don't know, you just notice more about her. Like you notice that she has a mole there or that like her one tooth is crooked. Like you just mm-hmm. like notice the things that you didn't notice when she was put together before. Like it's mm-hmm. funny. Um and then of course the husband has like 
I mean, oh, we God. talked about it, but he has this whole vibe of, like, living in that basement forever. That and it's basement like, vibe. Yeah. yeah. Like, the, like, isolation vibe. And he, ca- well, he's su- he really is such a good actor because he, like, the way he captures, like, the nervousness of the character that, like, doesn't really <gasps> mm-hmm. interact with human beings, like, it's insane, yeah. you know? And, and he eats, yeah. sorry, he, there's one part where he eats this banana. <laughs> I remember. And he, he just looks like, like a two-year-old eating a banana. Like, he's never eaten like, a banana. He also has, like, a bottle of, like, milk or something, and he's, like, <laughs> he sucking on. looks like a baby. I, and it, I feel like as an audience, we're like, wait, like, maybe he was always, like, a little strange. Because now we see how crazy she is. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I know that he's, like, been in isolation for a while, but he just totally well, like lack of manners yeah you see photos of them for like they both really lost it and it's like there's like a photo of them in, in the basement like on their honeymoon or something and i think there's a close-up of it at one point and they look like normal mm. um it's just like yeah maybe they were always a little off i see i think saying. it's funny that like he you said what, what was it it wasn't for tax evasion it was for something but it was only to do with money the reason why he was in isolation yeah he so owes that, people some money yeah it's so interesting that you know again like another money issue like it is a whole yeah. thing has to do with money issues um well, it's something that like i'm sure it happens like here in the u.s too it's like something that people who struggle with money have to deal with that people who oh don't, yeah don't yeah with, you know yeah. like finding the way to make ends meet, it's like, yeah it's so interesting and it's so interesting that like all that whole poor family and then plus this like strange couple that with the guy in isolation is both living a lie under this rich family like under like to this rich family so it's like and then it's almost like i always think like what's what's the goal of like either side like what's because then they all four of them infiltrated this rich family's house then it's like where do you go from here yeah and i think it talks about also talks into when the dad um talked to his son the poor dad talked to his son about the best plan, like, is unplanned, or what do you say? So no, yeah. the best plan no, is no plan. You know, it, it's kind of, like, it's almost, like, existential in a way, because it's, like, then what was this all for? Like, yeah. what's the goal of all this? Um, is it to just climb up that class structure? Well, it's, like, what's the point of life, you know? Is it to achieve this goal? Right, when, like, when like, your fa- yeah. people of your family die, which yeah. happens at the very end. Kiwu, it, it seems to be, like, that seems to be, like, forever something that he'll just he wants to attain like yeah you could tell that's something that's really important to him i think the dad has gotten to a point where he like he realized at that time where it's like that's not that's not they're just trying to make ends meet they have a really 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 poor background so like they just need money and working with rich family provides them a lot but i think that the son like wants to now like conquer that yeah and like remain i think like remain in this structure though where like the house still represents like high class yeah and their basement apartments represents lower class yeah and like they're just kind of moving within that structure mm-hmm. but it's almost like they're like the structure is almost i think it's a comment about like the systemic nature of the structure yeah it can't be moved like these houses are not like being destroyed or being it's there's there's, there's, there's a german revolution. family moves in and then yeah. the dad moves down into the bunker like there's yeah. always going to be like a new person like, to fill that space almost too yeah, like, yeah. The connections between and like is way. it like but would, would we all be better if like this cycle was broken and like a, a closer a less of an inequality between classes so then like there wouldn't be these poor families struggling for wealth so much that they wind up like killing each other you yeah. know what i mean i feel like that could be a comment about like how rich how the rich people and the poor people they're just so divided that it could end, it like literally ends badly for both of them in this yeah. movie both yeah. both no, it, it ends badly for every pretty much every character yeah every character feels <laughs> the loss yeah 
Um, yeah. I real quick want to go back to costumes before we move on to yeah. like locations, just because I love Kiwu's like costumes, especially like the mm-hmm. first thing that he wears when he goes to get the job. Do you know who the costume like designer who worked on this? I don't know who it was, but I think it's someone who's worked with Bong Joon Ho before. Mm-hmm. Um, and also his haircut. His haircut is so iconic, and it's like so like. I don't know. I just like adore. It's like I know. I love. We talked about bowl cuts last week in Rip Pop. I love a good bowl cut and I love a good buzz cut. And yeah. like this is like the buzz cut that I wanted. So it's it's great. And it's funny because when you see his hair at the end, it's like definitely the typical like K-pop boy hair, you know. But you see like up. the difference between like this is him as a rich person, which mm-hmm. with like this hair, and like then you see like him normally with like his weird buzz right. cut thing. No, how, like, and how hair plays a part in class. Like, yeah. how, like, it plays a part in, like, the way you present yourself. How, what it can allude to your social status. The, the really important thing about the costuming is this is exactly what you just said. It's, like, the way you present yourself. And I think when we see the change from how they present themselves to the rich people as how they present themselves in their basement, you know, mm-hmm. in their semi-basement apartment, it's just, like, it's completely different. Because they're trying to sh- present themselves as one thing when they're really something else and i think it's funny when min walks in on them and they were like whoa what are you doing here yeah um i feel like they would have wanted to be like more presented more yeah. like not as who they really are a little yeah bit, like change themselves um i love that moment that's crazy <laughs> but and then finally i love ki jung's just like whole her i think her first look too they both kind of do like a, a black blazer thing yeah but it's like again it's like the most simple thing but it like really changes a lot like how they look yeah she wears like a all black like not these like miscellaneously put together colors but like a and not like solid black t-shirt that doesn't fit her you know which she wears later um so yeah any more yes. costume stuff well we could talk about like the native american costumes that they don at the end yeah of the movie, which and also really a little important. bit they, they do something they they're talking walkie talkies too yeah headdress can i pause quickly yeah okay Wait. So, I think it's so funny, because, like, obviously in the U.S., like, having, like, like, wearing headdresses is, like, super offensive if you're not Mm -hmm. Native American, and, like, if it's used as, like, a kind of cultural appropriation thing. And I think what this movie does very actively is comments on that, but not as, like, white people taking this and doing it, but as, like, even another separate culture that doesn't really have this connection, where, like... You know, Koreans never oppressed Native Americans because, like, that. how would they have done that, you know? But there's still, like, this, like, it's, <laughs> it's almost like these wealthy Koreans look at wealthy white Americans and say, oh, what do they do and how can we be like that? Yeah. And so it's, like... It's just, as, like, yeah, it's almost like you have, they, like, wealthy people have more in common with each other than, they like, do their than, own culture. Yeah, then, like... It's almost like the money relates them better than their own race does. Right, like, like they, have, they have more in common with, like, rich Americans than they do with, like, the poor family. Yeah, and when we saw this for the first time, Bong Joon-ho actually talked about this in the Skype yeah. afterwards, but I don't remember exactly what he said. I, he kind of, like, repeats himself in, like, all his interviews, so, like, yeah. I, I, I remembered <laughs> okay. again, like, after I reread it in, like, a different interview, but I remember being, like, shocked when I kind of first saw the headdress. I was like, ooh, mm-hmm. I was like, uh. like, Americans, it's like, Whoa, like no one would ever so. do that. Yeah, that's yeah. been canceled a while. Yeah, I was yeah. like, you're canceled. Um, Bong Joon Ho, no. But, but I like, think it's like he does it in like a commentary way, which is so oh, great. Yeah. He no. he's bringing it up where it's like, okay, like this is a significant thing, and also he's not it's, putting it's used so well. Oh it's God. used it's used so, like throughout the whole movie, but 
it's put on characters that like aren't necessarily supposed to be like good people either we're not supposed to be like oh like you know like it's good that they did that like so they're not they're kind of like it's also it's just like the looking towards america and like being like oh how can we be more american almost he he doesn't say it exactly like that but it's something about like americanizing and like well just thinking that everything in america is good or just like how americans do things is good the rich mom makes a comment that um while her son is like playing out in the rain he like wanted to set up his little teepee out in the rain and mr park was like oh like isn't it gonna leak like shouldn't we be concerned she's like no it was made in america like it'll be fine (laughs) it's like little subtle comments like that just kind of like show their their strange like idolization of like american culture and just like it's very surface they hire like they talk about in order to get them to be in the rich family's house, they're like, oh, like Jessica from Illinois, or like yeah. someone's like, trained in America. Like, and Illinois, that, like, like if credit. someone said they were from like Illinois, I like, I wouldn't really like, think of like, ooh, like, like, yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. Like, but like, it's just America, so yeah. it's fine. And I think uh, the, the driver was supposed to have worked in America. Yeah, too. I think so too. Yeah. That's um, a good point. <laughs> but that's, it's really funny. Um, I think it's also like funny how like the Native American gets grouped into American culture in general, yeah. which is like, it's, like, do they understand that as, like, Native American culture being a separate thing? Or do they understand it as just, like, white Americans having appropriated this Native American culture, you know? It's like a It's a very it's surface. So deep. Yeah. It's very, like, their understanding of, like, Native American culture is very, like, surface yeah. level, like, aesthetic-wise. Yeah. Like, their understanding of everything is very surface level. Well, that's, that's what, like, he mentioned in, like, the interview is, like, they're just taking these, like, little, like, aesthetics and ideas and just, like, using them. Like, oh, cute, like... He's, you know, he's super into, like, scouts now. Like, he's just, like, yeah. he, like, the mom just mentioned that. And it's such that. a rich person thing. Like, you even see it in this country. Like, it just goes, be, it transcends countries. That, like, mentality of, like, oh, cute, I'll take that, I'll take that. Yeah, yeah like, literally. And Kim Kardashian was, like, I'm going to trademark the word kimono and, like, use it for, like, my brand. Everyone's, like, you can't do that. That's, like, a significant part of, like, Japanese culture. But, like, these little things, like, okay, cute, like, I'm gonna. Wait, when did she do that? Like, I don't even, man, like, <laughs> some, uh, the timeline right now is so messed up, like, I don't even know what year that was in, but just, like, taking these things and using them, like, not having an understanding of the actual history, but just, mm-hmm. like, using them to your own, your own aesthetic, mm-hmm. and also he made, like, a comment that, like, just the plight of Native Americans and their oppression is just, also just represents, like, you know, that divide and the oppression yeah. of the poor people in this movie, like, so... Well, it's, it's so interesting. He's so, like, Bardino is so smart. And, like, he actually, yeah. like, has done research about, like, this these subjects and, like, actually understands, like, the deep historical significance of, like, Native American, like, uh, plight, I guess, mm-hmm. in the United States. And how, like, I mean, if you think about it, like, Native Americans, like, now they live on reservations, which are not technically, you quote-unquote, U.S. territory, and, like, the poorest places in the country. So it's, like... Pushed off the we edge. Give, we, quote-unquote, give them this land, and then we don't... Like, they don't get anything else from us. And they're... I don't know. They're just, like, left to struggle. It's, like... It's so ridiculous, like, the way we've treated these people. And then it's, like... Kind of, like, brought into this idea of, like, how these poor people are treated. Which is, like... Yeah. The comparison is, like, weird, and it's not really a comparison, but it's just kind of, like, metaphorical almost. And it's, I think it plays into the rich person aesthetic that's emphasized yeah. in this film. Like, that's, like... take. Yeah. And not give. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, even with the family, like, they're just taking services from the family. Yeah. 
Like, even though, like, they are giving them money, whatever, like, emotionally, they're just taking their time. Yeah. Um, and they wind up, like, ruining the fa- – I mean, obviously both ways, like I said before, yeah. but – I think there's also, like, the aesthetic of each person that they hire. Like, what does Kiwu's – what kind of, like, does Kiwu put upon himself to make him stand out? Like, he – you know, has the quote-unquote university thing. He's recommended by men. These are, like, parts of his aesthetic appeal, almost, mm-hmm. you know? Which I think, same with Kijang, same with uh, Kitek, same with Chungsuk, you know? Like, they all have these things that, like, make them, that they highlight to make them be appealing, which you do with a job right. in general, but, like, it's just funny, the weird things. Like, the fact that the recommendation for men is, like, basically what sells Kiwu is, like, ridiculous, Exactly. You know? mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's, like... And I like how they use the word simple, because it's very convoluted the way that, like, they make up their mind on these things, but it's, like, also simple. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Locations, Locations are super important. Oh, yeah. I mean, we kind of talked about before, like, the filling of the house and, like, just the setting of the house and, and how that plays into the whole big twist of the mm-hmm. movie. But you're, from the get-go, you're you're told that this house was built by the famous architect, Nam Namgung. Namgung. <laughs> and that just kind of sets its precedent for like how important and like you know how grand this house is like it was especially made by this like while the other family literally lives in a basement yeah. and that whole theme of verticality from like when we we mm. have to like descend into their basement and then we like ascend into the rich family's house it's just like literally a physical representation of the class structure no it, it's an if I can like expand on oh, that, yeah. it's like insane. The the scene where it's pouring rain and they're literally like going down, like in the shot, in like the space from where the rich family lives up on the hill, going down the street, you know, going down these stairs, going down the highway and, into yeah. their neighborhood. And like we don't notice it when we're watching it because it just makes so much like I feel like sense in my yeah. brain. I'm like, oh yeah, they're going down, they're going down. But mm-hmm. I'm not really thinking about it. It just like plays perfectly into the, it. Like emphasizes what the movie's trying to say yeah. without overtly being like, all right, guys, we're walking down now because we're poor. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> down, the, down the ladder. Here we go. <laughs> I feel the class walking down the class ladder. <laughs> there needs to be a parody in this movie. <laughs> like envisioning like a little sign, like okay, all right, Sorry. go now. this way. Walk down. Come on, guys. <laughs> no, but even just like the flow of the water is so like beautifully like used Whoa. in that scene. Wait, but it rain, okay, yeah, does it rain up? Does the rain no. go up into the sky? Right. No, it but also I think kind sky. of what I was alluding to before, where like these structures are in place like they're not moving i think mm-hmm. that these are it represents the fundamental structure that's kind of like the the cause of the problem the fundamental class structure like the basement and the house are in place no one's moving no one's taking them yeah. away and just like how the water can flow like flows around like i feel like the people are just like flowing around like the german family moves in at the end like mm-hmm. just like, like that's like that cyclical yeah. um yeah. motion like, like water the water cycle. cycle. And I think that, like, yeah, family come and go. In this case, family dies. But, like, no matter what, like, well, these go can be architecture, dying. like, yeah. architecture is kind of, I don't know, it's not, like, the culprit, but, like, it, it like, just um, Further, cements yeah. those, that, like, systematic class structure. Cement, ha ha. Ha ha ha. Cellular basement, cement, ha ha ha. Um, it's, like, there. a physical manifestation of this class divide like that it, can't be broken yeah. 
You know, and, like, everyone's trying to get into that rich person's house. Like, everyone, yeah. even at the end, like, he fantasizes about, like, buying it. Like, everyone's yeah. just still trying to, and it's, like, all about how, like, that class structure is not moving. It's, yeah. like, not moving. I mean, we could talk about that, like, rain scene forever because it's, like, my favorite scene in the it's entire movie. I remember we were, after we first saw it, you were, like, the rain, you mentioned the rain sounds, and, like, just how loud Because the sound were. design is insane. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, literally, nobody ever talks about sound design in this movie, and sound design is, like, so critical. Like, that's. The reason, sorry, I'm like gonna lose my. <laughs> no, head. pop off. Uh, uh, the reason that you know that it's so good is because you don't even notice it. You and don't. Like, but in the rain scene, it's literally like the rain is so loud that you can't even hear the characters talking to each other, and that is so significant. It's drowning them out, mm-hmm. just like the reality of the situation yeah. is drowning them out. And the way that you can't even see the rain falling on the rich person's property, it just looks like kind of like a can't romantic. Hear it. You can't even hear it, but when you, it just. The, the lighting amps up where you see just, like, dripping off their, mm. the poor family's bodies, and it's just everywhere. And I remember after, like, in part of the interview, like, after the movie, he talked about, like, how they, they built that scene, and, like, they literally, they put the um, poor neighborhood in a tank that they could literally just yeah. fill up with water, yeah. which was so smart to do because they really wanted to emphasize, like, just, like, it being filled yeah. to the brim with water. Like, it's this whole, like, both their apartment and the house were completely you know sets like made for this movie which i think is completely insane that like all of it is just something that they made for the movie like that's crazy i don't know that's like yeah it's also like the house the namgoon house like bong joon ho was that was like the first thing he did was design the house and that was like the first thing they did was build the house so that like the entire film could be made around like the space of this house which is why we were talking about cinematography the way the camera moves around the house is so important. I was watching um, an interview with the production designer of this movie, and he said that he uh, he obviously, like, you know, helped him design the house, and he said that he got the inspiration for designing the house um, just from, like, his wife cutting tofu. Like, how, how like, how she, she would cut it. Like, some pieces, like, would fall. Some pieces, like, would stand straight. And so he got the basic structure of, like, the house, how it's, like, very rectangular from, like, a to- from like the vision of tofu from above. So, because I-, I guess, like, he thought that it, like, mimicked, um, like, this architectural design. But I thought it was it was pretty funny. I think it's That's innocent. Cute. I don't think tofu is a metaphor for anything. But, <laughs> no, um, I mean, it cute. is a very, like, geometrically designed yeah. home. But we could talk about, like, the it's actual home decor. It's oh, yeah. beautifully, Wait, like... one of the paintings in the home, like, they literally... Bought like it's, it's like thousands upon thousands of dollars. Like they actually spent, and then I I read that for the obviously the poorer family home. They said they got most of the props like for free in that in that home. Wow. Like you know, well, it like yeah. represents like what they're trying to. I mean the portray. the rich family's home is very like minimalistic. Like not mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. Just it's it's pretty empty actually. Like it's just like very perfectly mm-hmm. placed couches and like geometric geometrical shapes. Like the chairs I remember in the kitchen are just like. Yeah. Perfect, like, rectangular Something shapes. else I want to comment on is, like, how despite this one family being the rich family and the one family being the poor family, the, like, vibe and aesthetic of the rich family house is very, like, natural. Mm-hmm. It feels like, like, one of those houses that, like, you know, has a lot of wood in it and, like, all, like, the shapes are meant to be kind of, like, natural geometric designs. Whereas, like, then you have the, the poor family where it's, like, I don't know, like crafted, you know, like, like, oh, you buy this, like, this is plastic, this is, like, it's, it's like, ma- almost more materialistic for being yeah. the poor family, mm-hmm. and I think that's, like, really significant, because I think as, like, society has moved on, like, we see this shift now, and I think, like, like, I think it's really significant to today, because I think it is true that, like, 
the more money you have, the more you're able to achieve this kind of natural aesthetic. Whereas, like, when you're poor, you're kind of, like, stuck with, like, Wait, these plastic so interesting. like, materialistic-looking things. You don't have you know? the luxury of choosing your aesthetic when but you're it, and living then in it's that. It's almost like a reverse because, like, a hundred years ago, like, yeah. the more shit you have... Sorry, is this... The more, stuff that, the, the more stuff you had, the, like, the richer you were. Yeah. But now, because stuff is so cheaply made and, like, like everyone is a, is a consumer and, like, basically, like... If, if you have a TV, like, it doesn't really mean anything about your class status. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, now it's almost like you need, like, the less you, you have, yeah. you create that, like, clean aesthetic. Have you ever seen Kim Kardashian's home? Because it's, like, it reminds me of, like, the, it's, like, a similar aesthetic. I think all rich people gonna have, like, a similar, like, very, like, minimal, sophisticated, clean-cut aesthetic. Wait, to literally yeah. combat that, like, over, like, over, material. Overly cluttered. Act. Yeah. Just, like, dense space dense yeah. because like it, it's, it's almost like they've sifted through all this stuff and they don't need any like they everything they need two things they're both really expensive but, but they it, have them it's insane that you can like the only way to achieve the most natural look is by having the most money like that seems like but, wrong, but that un- seems the, the wrong way around but unnaturally you know? curating it like they have to like yeah. perfectly pick everything out it didn't naturally appear oh, in their home sure. so Whereas, I guess, for, like, the poor, more materialistic-looking home, like, it did just kind of appear there. Like, yeah. maybe they don't know how they got there, you know? It fell through the window as the guy was peeing, you know? Yeah. Like... Well, another thing, like, about the windows is, like, they like their views are so different. And, like, that's yeah. such, like, a, a key part that's filmed. Like, where you, in the rich family's home, like, you're constantly shown just the view of the window and, like, their beautiful the backyard. the entire wall. Yeah. Yeah, first of all. Like, yeah. And the sunlight's pouring in. Mm-hmm. And then in the poor family's home, like, their view is some guy who's <laughs> peeing on, like, their doorstep, yeah. basically. Like, yeah, which is, like, above ground. Yeah. Where they're below ground. Like, it's mm-hmm. so ironic. What a great yeah. yeah Peeing is yeah. you pee from down up to down. So that's <gasps> True. like another, up to another down thing. <laughs> like like rain. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a meta it's like foreshadowing Gravity. the rest of the movie. Yeah. Damn. That really is like foreshadowing <laughs> the rest of the movie. The guy pee. Yeah. And then Min taking him down. Yeah. It's such yeah, a funny scene because he's like, hey, and then he's like, hey, you. <laughs> it's like they literally like he they're like, oh, he's so strong, amazing. And he's literally Super just like, hero. yeah. Literally just, like, isn't doing that much. It's funny. Mm-hmm. It's cute, though. Um, okay, any more on location? Um, I mean, overall, like, the aesthetic of the port, of, like, both houses, like, there's not a lot of, like, clear, like, like, one tone coming through. It's very, like, neutrally planned mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. So, like, while that there's a lot of stuff in the poor family's home, there's not, like, I wouldn't say there's, like, a, a pops of color coming out. Yeah. It's, like, it's still very, like, it's almost like down. one color, yeah. One color. You just, but you still get the sense that there's just a lot of stuff. But you're nothing like point like pops out at you. I feel like the place where like most you see the most dec- like you're focused the most on decorations is when they're in the bunker. Like, cause you're like not even like wall, yeah, yeah, not even like the rich family house. Like I don't think he does any close ups on like decorations. But in the bunker, he like actually does close ups on like what's down there. You know. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the one that, like, if someone was, like, go build this house, I could, like, do it right now, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and, like, the bunker's so strange because he has all that, like, he has a picture of um, the the rich dad. I think that relationship is so interesting. Yeah. That's he has so that, like, those cans with, like, pictures oh. in them. Do you remember that? Yeah. Like, that's so, it's so creepy. weird, but so, like, yeah. such an interesting detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I feel like a really important aesthetically pleasing scene is, like, the birthday party scene yeah because then immediately it 
that that makes the violence so much worse because it it's so brain happy. It's like yeah. a commer- it's like one of those like allergy commercials where they have the birthday oh, yeah. party. Like it's literally like bright and happy and peppy and like perfect, idealistic. Like buy this and you'll have an amazing day. Like in the flowers, your allergies won't ruin your kid's <laughs> birthday party. And then to like to contrast that with the blood and gore of what occurs next is it brilliant. Makes it, like, more surreal oh yeah. yeah it's like you're in a dream that's like what, it's like my favorite scene i remember i think so too it's and like so i said before like placed. they they do that the the handheld camera where they're following it's the only time in the film where like the camera's shaking like that because yeah. you're following the characters and you just feel you're so wrapped in also like like in terms of the plot it's just so shocking that that's all happening you're like what like yeah. people are gonna die in this movie well i think it's also like the reason that it shakes so much is because, like, when you're, if you were living through that, would you see any of it oh. clearly? No, no, like, absolutely not. I remember, um, I reeling back in my scene, like, what's happening? I remember just, like, sitting there, kind of, like, frozen, I was like, no, no, and I was like, stop, no, stop, no, stop, no, no, stop. No. Because, like, yeah, if that was done with, like, long shots, you'd be like, oh, we'd feel like outsiders. But, yeah. like, because it's, like, you know. Yeah, like, like stop, stop. Yeah. <laughs> also, um, what's her name? Ki Jung's dress is, like, amazing. Yes. We didn't talk about that but it's like literally incredible she's wearing like a um, floral like white dress with like floral print on it yeah and it's it's like her her most like formal or just like prettiest costume in the whole movie yeah. and the fact that when she gets like stabbed in the chest like the blood just like ruins mm, that it just great dress yeah man. it's so i mean that's like a tragedy like yeah. I know. <laughs> that's like dramatic but yeah like oh Rest damn in peace. her dress but yeah, she got from the the, like, the auction yeah yeah at the, at the in the gymnasium where they slept it's so mm-hmm. so bizarre but so good yeah and i remember um kiwu like kind of talking about like he was looking on looking at the party being like wow like they look so cool and like <sighs> you know like casual they could just show up and so i think that just like further like kind of just explains like how perfect it was and then to be ruined Ooh, any more aesthetic details Aesthetic, location aesthetics. Um, I think we covered it. Yeah, basically. Because there's only like two places they were. Yeah. Now I want to talk about the soundtrack because oh Jung Jae Yoo is like my savior. Oh, and really? Okay. Like a beautiful soundtrack. Okay. No, I don't know that much about them because I don't know if they're male or female. I think they're male. But um, it's like an amazing soundtrack. And like I started watching the movie again today. I watched about five minutes of the movie before I did this because I've already seen it a bunch of times. Okay, enough about that. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> I was, <laughs> the second it opened, it opens with the the piano, the yeah. You guys have memorized. We're dorks. Anyways, well, okay. First of all, it just immediately sends you back, and you like know the movie. Like if you've seen it more than once, if you've listened to the soundtrack before, like just hearing that that motif just like immediately sends you back into like knowing everything that's about to happen in the movie like I just got like it was like goosebumps you know like it just like takes you there um I also like happened to listen to the soundtrack a few times um after seeing the movie because I remember like when I first saw it I saw it like twice in like one or two weeks I think it was like in one week um and I just remember like listening to it on the subway um or the tea in Boston and just like I don't know, just, like, vibing with it. Like, it's so, like, I don't know. It's got this, like, thing where it's, like, really beautiful, and it's kind of, like, curious, but then Mm -hmm. it also has, like, this dark thing to it. Yeah, it's got this very, like, like, it makes you very curious. Yeah, like, that that little, little, 
dark yeah too, you know? there's like a twinge of like foreshadowing okay, yeah. yeah something's not right and you're kind of like that little like wondering like like piano line that goes like yeah doo-doo-doo. like oh it's gonna happen yeah, like, like, yeah. <laughs> like it's, yeah and like i feel like it's like it fills the space so well yeah. i don't know it just it, i just really loved it too it's there's not a lot of music in the movie but it's it's definitely used at like crucial points there's well, here's the thing is that it's very subtle. This music, it's like another perfect use. Another perfect example of like the perfect use of music and sound in this film is that they're actually like there's a number of tracks mm-hmm. and they do vary, but they're placed so perfectly that all they do is emphasize the scene and what's happening in the scene. There's only one scene where it's like where they're playing that like old like Korean like trot music or something mm. where like where you know that you're listening to music that's yeah. like the one time yeah but everywhere else it's like subtle because it's just there to like help establish the mood and I think that's what when you hear the soundtrack after seeing it a few times like it mm-hmm. just immediately gives you that mood because it's so entrenched in the movie um and, and like in a subtle way but like the scene where they're like running down the rain scene where they're like running back to their some my basement like the soundtrack is huge in that but like you don't even think about it because you're so focused on everything else that's happening you know it just really brilliantly used and just a great soundtrack like yeah. i think i was so upset that it like that sound and like music didn't really get much at the oscars for yeah. this movie because it's really like i so mean this brilliant. movie did win the academy Award for best picture I mean, but yeah that was like it's still insane to me that it won yeah like i can't it was well, like, I mean, it was, like I really the best thing that happened it. in 2020 yeah. really like, like the only was. good thing that happened in 2020 <laughs> like, like actually so after that moment things just got worse yeah, yeah. Like, pretty much like a lot was, of like, bad that things happened that was i know that was literally the only good thing that happened in 2020 and i remember 2020 is not over yet that's true. But I'm only like, halfway. Does yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so it could get much worse. <laughs> but um, then, same work could get better. I know, but then winning the Academy Awards just, like, signified that, like, I think we are moving in a more, like, globalized direction, mm-hmm. fingers yeah. crossed, in the movie industry, and that, like, this movie well, is literally so good that, like, even, like, like inch-tall subtitles, like, don't, will not, like, deter it from, like, winning an Academy Award, which is, like, so important. Yeah. I think the other thing is, is that, um, you know, this was a, a movie that, like, every member of my family was, like, this is by far the best movie I've seen this year maybe in the past like three years like it's just a movie that like is so incredible that it will stand out in your mind no matter what and like I've I've heard people who like didn't like it that much and you know whatever fine you're like you're entitled to your own opinions but like this movie will have you thinking no matter what yeah. because mm-hmm. it just like has that effect and it really like is just years better than any other movie that came yeah. out this year. There's no yeah. argument there. I know, and, and if it right, didn't win, that, I was like, that we're even having not the fact win. that we're even having like that conversation. I think shows that like we are also like the fact that we're even like wow, like it won. Yes, like so happy. Like of course, like we should have been like, yeah. of course yeah. it's gonna win. Like no problem. But because we're just so used to like still like that being turned down, yeah. you know, because they're not from America. Like that's why Yo. we're like just so happy that it won. I can give you so many foreign films that like deserve so much more recommendation yeah. than oh, yeah. like there's so many films out there that are like no worth it's it. incredibly like there's that classic line that Bong Joon Ho says in that like one interview. I forget exactly. It's like No, it was not the award. Is that or no he says something like the Oscars is like a local event. Oh. Yeah. And it's just like it's so true cuz like the, the Oscars, Oscars are like fuck you Bong Joon Ho yeah. like Oh I mean, God. he ends up winning, like, Best yeah. Director, but, like... <laughs> or, he's... like, you think... That was, like, totally, like, the Oscars being, like, you think we're this, but we're yeah. better than that. And it's, like... 
Honestly, like, part of me, like, would believe if that the Oscars just did that to, like, make them look better. But, oh, like, for sure. It's all virtue signaling yeah. again sometimes. But it was well-deserved. I remember well-deserved. I woke up at, like, 4 a.m. or something because I was in Venice. So, like, the ta- like the timing for award shows is, like, totally the worst mm. in Europe. So I remember, like, I woke up at 4 a.m. and, like, he had just won, like, Best Director. I was like, oh, shit, he won. And But I was still – I was – I made it for like when they won Best Picture, and I remember being like, like half asleep, being like, "Oh my god, this is like insane!" Yeah, like, I remember. Happened. I, like, I remember. I was like working on my my capstone project, and like as we were like in the room, like working through stuff, like we were literally for Sunday night, like that was our time block. We were there from like seven p.m. to twelve a.m. Basically, when the Oscars were like occurring, and I had like like the update tab from the New York Times open on, on my laptop. Mm. And yeah, when like it won, I just like oh, quiet. I like quietly was like cry. <laughs> yes, and I like was... it, it was just like amazing, amazing yeah. feeling. I had a really great experience watching the Oscars actually, where um we were in my dorm's common room, mm-hmm. which was like super cute. Um, and there was like a TV in our common room. It was like a smaller dorm, so like it was a pretty small space. Um, and I got, like, a bunch of my friends to come watch the Oscars with me, which was, like, really great. And I, you know, like, I watch the Oscars every year because despite mm-hmm. it, like, having its issues, like, it's just something that's, like, tradition to me. Right. Um, and so, like, literally, like, a bunch of friends from, like, different walks of my life, too, were there, which is cool. And, like, literally, um, there was only a few of us left by the end, but when Bong Joon-ho won, we, like, screamed. And I literally, like, I, like we screamed really loud, like, in our common room. And I had to go back upstairs <sighs> to get something. And my other roommate, who hadn't been watching it with us at the time, she was like, I heard screams. Like, what happened? And we were, I was like, oh, my God, Bong Joon-ho won director, best director. It was, like, insane. And then when it won best picture, we just, like, lost our mind. Like, we were all, like, we were, like, screaming and being like, I can't believe this. Yeah. Like, we were, like, crying. I, yeah, I remember seeing, like, reactions on social media, like, when it won, like, just, like, of, like, live, like, people just, like, recording, like, all their friends, like, screaming. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, I knew I had what? to, like, get that moment. Like, I would be so upset if, like, I missed yeah. it. So, like, I literally, like, for, I set an alarm before I, uh, yeah. I like, and I made it just in time. And I thought, honestly, when he won Best Director and then Best be Original it. Screenplay, I was like, okay, so they, they like the story, they like the director, yeah. they're they're done now. It's not well, going to win. that's the classic, but the, the Oscars always do this. So yeah. give the foreign film, like, the artsy film, like, give it, like, Best Director and say, like, okay, Okay, now we'll give like the Hollywood blockbuster like the best picture. Mm-hmm. They didn't do that this mm-hmm. year, which is crazy. Yeah, and like I feel like it really was, but I don't know. Like I don't even know. Again, like the fact that we're like talking about this in like this way, I think it just shows that like we have just been so played by the Oscars in the past. Like, yeah. We've been so like, of course it didn't win. Like of course, and, but like well, it we actually was about that with Moonlight when we were talking <gasps> oh about my Moonlight God. and how like happen, the which just makes like the Paras- Parasite winning so much. Like, yeah, more, there was no like, mistake. Oh. There were, it was just it won. It won outright. Yeah. Um, it's just like, no, like nothing could have. And when it finally won, I was like, of, of course. Like, how could I have ever could have doubted? doubted? Like, of course. Like, there's nothing that could have See, gone above it. Like, I, like, thought it was going to win for so long until, like, so many people were like, oh, it's not going to win. How could it win? It's a Korean movie. It's yeah. subtitles. How could it win? Like, so many people said that to me to the point where I started doubting it. But, like, I wish I had stuck to my guns yeah. when I first saw it. Because when I, the first, after the first time I saw it, I was convinced that it was going to win. Um, and I was like, I will fight if it does not yeah. win. I think it's so um, funny that, like, we, like, we're just, like, that's how, like I said, we're, we're just, like, lied by the establishment. Yeah. Like, all the time. Yeah. And even, think, even like, I, I connect to, like, politics, too, where it's, like, we feel like a lot of stuff happening right now we have no control over. Yeah. 
you know, because it's like things happening to us rather than like what we're right. We're just like watching go down. If Parasite didn't win, like we'd still be talking about it. Yeah. But like the fact that it won, like actually makes me feel like oh maybe Hollywood's listening to or not Hollywood. Maybe at least Hollywood or yeah. the. The academy. Uh, academy is like listening to us. Right. Um, even if they don't believe us, at least they're it's, listening to it's us. It's just crazy. It's just gonna open up so much space for like foreign films. Yeah. Because honestly, like you're way more versed in like that world than I am. But like, there's so many films that I don't know about, don't hear about that are incredible. Like stories that like, and you know what? The messages from those stories that are told, I so much, so much, so much deeper, so much more like. Make so many statements. Sorry, I want you to continue no, what you were saying. No, keep going. But, like, I've had this experience so many times where I've seen a movie that, like, nobody knows about. And it literally, like, rocks, like, my world in the sense that it just, like, it touches on these things perfectly. But nobody talks about it because it's, yep. like, I don't know. Yep. I don't know why. And I, and I think that when you get a, when you see a film that's from a foreign country and you relate to it. It, like, just brings that message yeah. home harder than ever before because it's, like, oh, my God, like, people on the other side of the planet, like, are, we're, like, so much more closer than we yeah. think yeah. to just the human experience. And when that's, like, translated across countries, like, you, it just hits you so hard. And I think that this this movie that's obviously about class struggle and, like, there's lots of different other themes in it. Yeah. But, like, the fact that we are able to, like, get every single one of it's them. It's so universal. Every yeah. single one of them. It just hits and home. And the way that, it, like, it kind of, like, now it just became this meme for, like, every non, like, rich person to be, like, just use it as an yeah. example. I think that's, like, the most funny. And, like, that just makes it so universal. Like, that people in America are just using this, like korean movie for like memes and stuff yeah. because it just relates to like people's experience well, so it much it had such an impact on american culture which is just kind of like a crazy thing because mm-hmm. how how could a korean movie have this much impact but it did and that's like crazy yeah um i also you mentioned before seeing like everyone on their social media being like oh my god like it yeah went, holy shit like i think what's kind of beautiful about that is that it like did this movie did reach that many people you know it reached so many people. and like i feel like i didn't even know that everyone watched it yeah. but everyone was so happy when first of all he won best director and then when they uh for when he won best director everyone was like ah! like yeah. freaking out and then the second wave came and it literally won best picture yeah Amazing. honestly and there wasn't even people like people who didn't even see it were like rooting for it mm-hmm. like, people were like okay now i like i need to see this movie because like, like no one rooting. wants another what, what was it up against like um once upon a time in hollywood or like 1918 or something 1917 nobody wants another british war film yeah. i feel like it's like it's a it, there's gonna be like a new order a new world order of film i hope and i also think i mean like in I general hope. i think we're like yeah please yes. i think in, in general we're just tired of yeah, we just soon fed the same corporate Hollywood yeah. movies. I think we're going to hopefully see, like, a whole shift in film soon because we've been in this very stagnant... I forget, was was I talking to you about this? I was talking to someone about this, where we've been in a very stagnant state of, like, very much Hollywood-produced films for a while. Um, and usually, like, there's kind of a shift where, like, super, like, low-budget, but, like, also, like kind of just, like, handmade films come up and, like, become more popular again, and I, like, hope that happens. Mm -hmm. Like, that there's, like, a wave, you know, another wave. I think it's important that people are choosing, like, what they want to consume and not just being, like, like you were saying, like, spoon-fed, like, what the media, what the 
the what's central, most convenient for Hollywood to see. Yeah, what's the central media like wants us to think? Like, I think it's important that people are like going out and like looking for things that interest them instead of just like only paying attention paying attention to what they're told is popular. Like, yeah. Okay, I have a final question before we talk about what we're wearing that I have about you guys because I'm interested to know because I've had this like discussion with people before. Mm. <laughs> is it a happy film? No. Lisa's is a yes or no answer. Yeah, I mean, you can expand on uh, it, but I want to know. Well, like, I think happy films are, like, rare. Like, if, if a film's, like, happy, watch this happy film. Like, I think when it sounds like a G-rated, like, like movie. See, and I disagree. I think it's a happy film. Mm-hmm. Because I think it, although it's, like, very, like, has hard moments, mm-hmm. um, I love his hope at the end. His hope is, like, very powerful, and it's kind of, like, I don't know, it speaks so much more to me than, like, the horrible parts in the movie. Yeah. And I think, like, also, like, sometimes when you talk about real stuff, like, when you talk about, like, these class differences and, like, the difficulties of that, like, it makes it feel more, like, real, which makes me happier, you know, like, having a real discussion. Not yeah. happy in the sense of, like, smiley face. Well, I think sometimes, like, a film that, or just any kind of anything that is so happy that's like perfectly happy there's almost like a sadness to it because yeah. it doesn't feel real that's like that could never be true that makes yeah. me sad because that that can't be true that's but I, so twisty about the ending yeah. where he's like oh i want i'm gonna buy this well, house the, you know? you're right like the hope he has is like remained through this whole thing and just like having that that little bit of hope is kind of just like what has sustained him yeah throughout the whole film. Yeah, I mean, he's the character who carries the most hope. Like, his dad, when he has that thing where, like, don't have a plan, is like, he doesn't have a plan, that, like, kind of reveals that he's lost all his hope. But Kivu kind of holds on to that hope, and I think that's mm-hmm. really important. That's true. We see it from his perspective at the end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that last scene is so, is so, like, beautiful. Like, when they... It's literally, like, <sighs> so, such a gorgeous mm-hmm. ending scene. With the mm-hmm. snow falling down. Uh, like, and just the difference in, like, first of all, the, the seasons when you first start the film versus now the yeah. snow is falling down. True. And it just pans down from the window. You were, I think you mentioned this before, just, like, the, it's the same scene, but just in two different Campus points. Bana. Remember the Ambus <laughs> Bana. Exactly. Yeah. I always remember the Ambus Exactly. Ambus Bana is a two-headed snake. So, like, oh. on one end it's a head. So, it basically means that, like, you're just goes full circle mm-hmm. and so it pans down to him like he's he starts off the movie and it pans down to him at the end and he's like just sitting like on the couch like right like under, yeah. under the same the window. pan down from the window that happens in the opening yeah. like same exact like literally Beautiful. like yeah and then it ends with but the you forget music. about it so much happens oh yeah about it, it's so. like and, but i feel like if yeah, it, wa- if it music, wasn't yeah. there like it wouldn't it, we'd feel like a little bit like empty but because it is there it's like full circle yeah and you don't even notice it when you're watching the movie, but you yeah. just but if it you, ends and you're like that was like great. If you played like the first scene and the last scene like one after the other, it feels so like intense. Have like you seen that? Yeah, no, I like I just like I just went back on like on my computer and like I'm gonna play the first scene and the last scene. <laughs> oh my god! And it's so like his just like put that seeing, together. seeing his like facial expression, just like this this guy who like went through all of this, like, and he oh still has god. hope, and he still literally he yeah. his sister was murdered, and he still yeah. has hope. I'm so wow, sorry. that's still ugh. when you like actually think about like his sister was murdered, like that just like changes it. It's that's almost crazy. yeah, it's it's almost like like the rich family can oh the husband died, but like it's like existential almost. Yeah. But um okay. Now what are you wearing? Okay. Well uh, Livia did not dress up. Uh, maybe okay. I should go first because I did not dress for the occasion. 
Um, I went to the beach. Wait, what? (laughs) You don't need to tell us what you're wearing. Uh, No, honestly, I don't. (laughs) Because I just came from the beach, so I'm wearing what I wore to the beach, which is a oversized bleach tie-dye t-shirt um and so Birkenstocks. <laughs> okay so i'm i wanted to so like the poor family like wears a lot of just like very like loose like kind of like loungy rich family vibe, but okay. okay well it's mm-hmm. like just like a mixture between like i wanted to plan like kind of like very korean like minimalistic like yeah they wear like a lot of like loose clothing and like light colors. I mean, I'm wearing a black shirt, so that. I feel like it looks that. like what the poor family wore to look like the rich family. Yeah, like these are like Forever Twenty One quality mm-hmm. clothing, <laughs> but I like try to dress it up and yeah. make it coordinated. So I'm wearing and, like, the flip flops too. Sorry. Yeah, and the slippers, and I'm wearing a black uh, V-neck and these like flowy like, uh, what do you call it? Like, what do you call it? Pleated. Pleated uh, pants. So the, it's the very ribbon pleat where it's like yeah yeah pleated. yeah. So it's very like Korean fashion inspired, but also just like you if I had to go to like a quick impromptu interview with like some rich mom who wants to hire me, then I might yeah. this could work for it. A so. simple yeah. mom, a simple Super. mom. Oh, uh, so what are you wearing? I'm wearing. Well, I feel like my hair was really good, which I was like yeah. happy about. That I feel like if I popped into a uh, parasite. Um, you could be like, oh yeah, that hair is believable. Which oh, so believable, yeah. Um, because it's kind of like a mix between Kijang's and the mom's hair. I feel like because it's got the shortness of the mom's hair, the rich mom's hair, Miss Park's hair. But like the Kijang kind of has this, a similar bang thing going on, so that's cool. Um, and then I'm wearing this shirt that it's like a purple linen, uh, like female cut button down. So it's got like it's not super long and it's like cut to be like kind of a the purple shirt. is so pretty Thank it's like you. lavender that's my mom's um but i felt like it actually was more of a kijong shirt but i put um like my black dress pants with it and like these platform uh like oxfords what are they loafers loafers mm-hmm. um and it's kind of i don't know like the shoes are the part that i think is the least real like realistic to the movie but i just kind of tried to go for like a vibe that like matched what they might have worn in the movie mm-hmm. something like that you know so. very like not a lot of like big graphics or like no. textures but no just generally graphics. like put together sophisticated yeah minimalist, minimalist. <laughs> recalling our minimalist podcast oh yeah episode. um actually i was thinking about that earlier and i can make a quick comment um we talked about kind of like when we did minimalism we talked about the two like parts of it the part where it's like living minimalist to like be uh have nice to the environment. Yeah. Forgot the word. But, um, and then there's living minimal in kind of an excessive way that, like, is, like, spending a lot of money to, like, have this minimal look. So I right. think, yeah. like, this movie kind of addresses the the more, like, spending money to be minimal. Which that, is that rich people minimalist. Yeah, it's, it's so con- contradictory, but we see it all the time. Yeah, yeah. like, rich people. Kim Kardashian is, like, my yeah. example. But, like, I just can't get over, like, the way, like, have you, there's this, like, one picture of her kids that, like, she took, like, a picture of them. And they're all wearing, like, these, like, I think white I and, like, gray colored clothing. Okay. Anyway. Anyways. Okay. They all just, like, look like they're depressed. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> oh, that's sad. Livia, thank you so much for joining us this episode. Oh, thank you for having me. Hopefully. Maybe I had so much fun. We'll see you again in the future. I would love to hop on another podcast. Okay. Thank you again. We, your Anytime. info was like super helpful. And yay, I feel like sometimes I'm happy. sometimes you brought up things I wanted to bring up but I had forgotten about. So I appreciate it. Oh yay. That. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad you my my commentary mind. wasn't 
um, was welcomed yeah. because this is my first time on this podcast. <laughs> is this your first time on a podcast? Yes. So first radio. time. What? Did you do like a radio thing? No, I did not. Wow. Wait, did I? I thought you like did something with like Jason on the radio. Oh, yes. That's I did. Though. This is a podcast. This is a podcast. And I did. We like just went to his friend's. This is, this is <laughs> sorry, sorry. Don't explain it, my first podcast. So thank you for having yeah, me. Yeah, I know. Let us know if you want to hear more Olivia. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or if you don't. <laughs> would you like to say our, our closing catchphrase? It's with great aesthetic comes great responsibility. Okay, with great aesthetic comes great responsibility. Your <laughs> wait, I'm what? Olivia. I'm Levy. <laughs> I'm Antonella. And I'm Emma. Bye-bye. We love you. Love Bye. you. Watch Parasite. Yes. It's on Amazon Prime. Hulu. And Hulu. Just on Hulu. <laughs> oh, it's on Amazon Prime. Rentable? Yes. Oh, okay. Also on Hulu for free. If you have Hulu. <laughs> Bye. Bye.